Hey, Abysme. What's up? Hey, you remember how last year we established the rule of birthday? Yes. Which is that you get one unvetoable like film choice. Mm-hmm. And you live with the consequences. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> last year, uh, my pick, uh, I believe, was uh, a girl on the third floor. Yes. Which unexpected banger. Yeah, that was good. Uh, I mean, yeah, um, really knocked it out of the park with that one. Really, really, uh, uh, really tipped it into the bucket there. Um, <laughs> slam dunk. That choice. Uh, we're watching Kazam. <laughs> okay all right where do we watch kazam it's on disney plus (laughs) no yeah i I feel it's important that our listeners know is that the agreement of birthday doesn't have the word horror movie in it anywhere nope nope (laughs) i mean my pick was kind of a horror movie mostly it was just ridiculous yeah um we are uh as far as everyone listening knows uh three for three on great birthday picks Mm -hmm. uh except for the lost episode which we do not mention we don't it exists but you're not gonna know about it um maybe on patreon in some form or capacity but maybe uh i don't i don't know anyway we're gonna watch kazam (laughs) In the 2020s, a pandemic crippled the world. Some panicked, some denied it. These two guys stayed home, drank, and watched movies. These are the Jameson Tapes. First of all, happy birthday. Thanks, bud. Can I start this off by reading something I just found? Absolutely. So, several years ago now, uh, I purchased the Scholastic book version of this movie. <laughs> nice. And I was trying to—I was just googling online to see if I could find any excerpts from it, because there is a particularly hilarious moment in the Scholastic book, which is them transcribing the scene where Shaq raps with DeBrat. Oh no! Okay. And it puts it like in like book form, so it's like. So let's green egg and ham it. Kazam wrapped. (laughs) (laughs) That is an accurate depiction of what happened. But there is, uh, I just Googled on Amazon and found the the Kazam novelization. Uh, It's an old book, but you can still pick up the paperback for $5.99, everybody. Um, Mm. I just want to get into this review real quick. This was the novel my ex-husband chose for our book club. (laughs) even though we divorced eight eight months ago and separated even before that he refuses to leave the book club i encouraged him to join with some of my friends from work i know that he didn't want to join but we were growing apart and i thought that reading books together might save our marriage it didn't I know he chose this book as a joke to try to get back at me, but the joke is on him because I enjoyed it. I didn't know who Shaquille O'Neal was before reading this novel, and if my ex-husband had been one one-thousandth of the man Mr. O'Neal is, I wouldn't have left him. 
It might be a fake review, but I don't care. I don't, yeah, it's awesome. I, I, oh, it's obviously fake, but it rules. <laughs> anyway, welcome to the Jameson Tapes. <laughs> we watched a movie, and uh, it was it was it was Kazam. We watched Kazam. Everybody, we Kazam did. is the movie we watched. <sighs> okay. Um, uh, I'm Alan. That's Abysme. Um We. Need to be perfectly honest about one thing before we get into anything. We no longer have a babysitter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the first thing we did without our babysitter was watch Kazam. Um, oh no. Sade, still incredible friend of the show. Um, still on occasion has offered to take notes for us, uh, but. Um, he is in. He's on vacation right now. Yeah, he is on vacation right now, so we were left unattended. <laughs> Very unattended. Um, with no one to talk me out of this idea. Um, I I mean, rules is rules. So yes, the rule of birthday is uh, that you get one unvetoable choice, mm-hmm. and. So here we are, everyone. I made a Bismi watch Kazam. <laughs> and granted, for me, it has been 25 years or something. It's been incredibly more recent than that for me. But uh... <laughs> I want to I I start out with our normal. Well, I still have my mental faculties about me. Um, uh, in honor of your birthday, uh, because you have... Very much introduced me to tiki bars and tiki drinks. Um, I'm drinking a dark and stormy. Uh, I've oh, had, nice! Yeah, this is my second double right now. And um, I had I had a friend come over months ago, and we're like not really a housewarming, but like just was visiting and stuff, and bought me uh, a thing of crack and rum, a handle of crack and rum, and I've just had it. Because uh, I didn't know exactly what to do with it. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to look up some easy recipes. What can I do? And sure enough, Dark and Stormies are rather simple. So if you have some lime and some ginger beer, your favorite ginger beer, you just throw it on the crack and it's already spiced. It's already flavored. It's really easy and it's really fucking delicious. Like Mm -hmm. really, really good. Very drinkable. There's a lot of tiki purists out there who have stuff against spiced rum, and uh, uh, I say fully on that. Uh, Spiced rum and cola is uh, perfect, yeah. Well, and, like, there's room for both. Like, you can have just more pure rums, and for depending on what you're doing. But, yeah, to completely poo-poo a spiced rum that, like, saying it has no place, that's just stupid. So what I've been drinking uh, requires a little bit of context. Um, I am going on a cruise in March. Uh, yeah. my, my cabin is officially booked. Uh, I'm so pumped. Hell yes. Um, I was talking to my travel agent. Um, and they were like, so there is a drink package, but it's only going to be worth it if you plan on drinking more, more than 10 drinks a day. And I was <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Done. <laughs> so the drink package on this cruise gives me 15 drinks a day. <laughs> Hell yes. Um, so what I've been doing 
One one of my stops on the cruise is going to be Belize, which is the rum capital of the world. I was going to ask, what are all your ports of call? But yeah, let's start with Belize. Uh, Belize is the one I'm most excited about. Um, It's it's the one I've at least already booked an excursion for. Right. Um, That that excursion is going to be a rum tasting. (sighs) And that's going to have bottles for purchase that I can... uh, uh, What's the word? I know this word, but I'm drunk. Um, <laughs> uh, when you buy things overseas, duty free, duty free. Yep. Yeah. That, I I can make duty free uh, rum purchases there. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be living like in a uh, my my goal for this cruise, and I'm not the biggest fan of the guy or his music, but I'm coming around a little bit more. Is to live like I'm in a Jimmy Buffett song. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know yeah i mean you don't have to love jimmy buffett or his songs to want to be on a permanent vacation see the lifestyle is why i disliked jimmy buffett if okay we're gonna get into this now okay yeah uh, no, we're doing this this episode is already unhinged okay there's yeah. gonna be no rhyme or reason just so you know it took me hanging out with pirates who are big fans of him and finding out my dad was a fan of jimmy buffett Mm-hmm. To make me come around, but like I have, I feel like Jimmy Buffett's never had a bad day in his life, and that's made me real angry for a long time. I'm okay. Jimmy Buffett is like how YouTubers. Well, actually, no, because even YouTubers will be like, "Oh man, uh, my girlfriend broke up with me." Like and subscribe. Like and even they'll like exploit their bad days. Yeah, Jimmy Buffett is just nothing's ever bad. Don't worry about it. Which is yeah. a gigantic lie. Yeah, yeah. So, so that was maybe my problem with Jimmy Buffett. I've come, sure. I've come around considerably more. I think "Son of a Son of a Sailor" is pretty, pretty, pretty good tune. There, there's a lot of his novelty songs I will never be sold on. But no, I mean it's it's an acquired taste, and as someone who has a lot of acquired taste, that's not one even I can stomach. But you know, like my my favorite one of my favorite bars in San Diego right now is a sci-fi tiki bar. And it really just is like, just remove yourself from the equation and imagine you're somewhere else and everything's fine. Even uh, though you've crash landed on an alien planet. Like, I get it. I I can't subscribe to it 24-7, but I get it. I have, I realized I have to make peace with Jimmy Buffett because <laughs> A, he passed away. True. And B, I wear Hawaiian shirts a lot. <laughs> hmm. And hmm. I feel, I feel like that. That's going to invite Jimmy Buffett fans to approach me in the wild. <laughs> well, and you wear some really nice Hawaiian shirts, too. I've seen them. Oh, thank you. Um, so what that's circling me back to um, is I'm about to go on. I'm going on a cruise in March, and uh, I've never really had a taste for tequila. Yeah. So um, on my birthday weekend and carrying on into this weekend, because I'm drinking what I had last week, this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been I've been making real good margaritas, yeah. And uh, so that's that's been my drink of choice today. Uh, I don't I do not do mix. Mm-hmm. We don't do mix in this household. Uh, mm-hmm. It is uh, a decent blanco tequila. Uh, my tequila of choice was yeah. Terra Mania, which is the one the rock the rock sponsors. <laughs> okay, okay. And lime juice and uh, uh, what's the orange liqueur? Or I got the, no, the, no, uh, the orange orange liqueur. Oh, um, no. The Cointreau. I got Cointreau. Yes, Cointreau. Thank you. 
and salt and lime juice and yeah that's it that's it no mix i i really like man i wish i could like margaritas tequila and i do not agree it just it's a purely biological thing like i cannot do tequila um mezcal i am slowly coming around to because it's basically like the whiskey of tequila um so i am i'm on board with that but tequila like mezcal, i can mezcal was kind of my bridge into yeah, getting tequila i wish mezcal was more popular like before i had started like being introduced to, to tequila um because i've been to some tequilerias that also do mezcal and they're like here try this i'm like oh this is smoky this is delicious awesome i love this and i can do like high quality tequila and i'm fine but also i'm just like oh my god i don't feel right and it's just it's just my biology. There's nothing to do with tequila itself. Um, but God, yeah, I, when you eventually visit, I'm going to take you to that tequila bar where they have a bunch of really cool mezcal cocktails because they're really fucking good. And I had, had like, a uh, it's amazing. I had a mezcal spicy pineapple margarita once mm. and it was fantastic. That sounds good. That sounds um, so good. So yeah, I'm acclimating myself to tequila for my vacation. No, I imagine go. that's a lot of what's going to be around. What uh, are you yeah, in Portugal? Uh, Costa Maya. Okay. And Cozumel. Wow. Yeah. No, I haven't hit any of those yet. Um, that all sounds amazing. Um. But right, we watched a movie. <laughs> sure. Uh, we watched a movie. <laughs> It's it's also it's been a minute since we recorded. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um uh it was rather delightful to be like, you know what? Fuck it, we're watching Kazam. <laughs> Cuz we've I I think you and I have also watched other horror movies in between then, just like generally. Yeah, and yeah, we, for sure. Um the worst probably, the most horrific definitely being above the shadows that we've both seen at this point. <laughs> Because why that movie exists is a fucking horrific tragedy. It's, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I got like three quarters of the way through the movie thinking like, this is maybe not as bad as Abysme said it was going to be. <laughs> it's still not good. But then I got to the end and was just uh -huh. like, fuck this. <laughs> no, the end. The end. Like, I, I was thinking to myself in the car the other day when I was driving to something. And I was like, what's the worst movie I've seen this fucking year or like of recent memory? Is it Things? No, I've seen Things three times now. I've seen Above the Shadows once and I'm never going to watch it again. Things is better than Above the Shadows. Okay, yeah. From like, <laughs> from like a purely technical does it function as a movie standpoint, like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Above the Shadows works. It functions. Yeah, but the the message is so insultingly offensive to complete. It just it's so bad. It's so gross. I I have a thing going up on the Patreon eventually when it launches, but like, mm -hmm. hey, spoilers, everybody! Like the ending message of the movie is like, hey, I know trauma's bad, but have you ever considered that like fucking get over it and like help other people? Oh, your trauma's bad? Yeah, but what about everyone else's trauma? And, like, it presents... <laughs> it, it's, like, presented in a, like... 
Yeah, uh, fuck it. This is that's not what this episode's about. No, sorry. Yeah, we're getting derailed, which is going to happen. But anyway, um, yeah. So we haven't we haven't uh, recorded in a while. I was on vacation. Um, but yeah, we watched Kazam. Uh, both of us have seen it. You have seen it more recently than I. But as '90s kids, like you know, this is definitely a part of our collective unconscious because it just it's this this movie had a 20 million dollar budget and it made less than that it's also it's also worth it to talk about the uh sinbad thing yeah we should <laughs> it, it, it re-entered it re-entered the public consciousness a lot because of that mm-hmm. uh for those who don't know there's the whole uh what's the berenstein uh berenstein bears thing called uh, uh, the Mandela, uh, the Mandela yeah, effect. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, there's the whole Mandela effect thing where people remember a movie starring Sinbad um, called Shazam, where he's a genie. Does not exist. It does not exist. However, okay, people have figured it out. Um, yeah. Uh, there was on like I think Turner Classic Movies. There I mean, used it, to be there used yeah. to be movie marathons of the old Sinbad the Sailor films. Yeah, and, like Hanna Barbera. And like oh, sorry, Sin- sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, Sinbad did the interstitials, the comedian, and he was dressed like like in like Sinbad the sailor gear. Yeah. So, uh, also, uh, I only found this. Uh, I googled this before our viewing today because I knew we were going to talk about the the whole Sinbad thing. Mm-hmm. In the VHS release of Kazam, there was a trailer for a Sinbad movie at the beginning. That's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> Yeah. Why would you do that? <laughs> Why would you do that to us? <laughs> well, that's maybe where some of the, the other other uh, confusion comes in. Definitely. Definitely. And um, there was there, there's a Hanna-Barbera cartoon called Shazam with a genie that gets summoned by kids to solve mysteries a la Johnny Quest. And yes. all of those kind of coalesce into... Wait, was it Shazam starring Sinbad? Yeah, or or the multiverse is real. That's <laughs> that's the two options. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm not gonna say one or the other. Um. So for those of you confused about what we're talking about, which is probably a lot of you at this point, uh, Kazam was a movie released in 1996, starring professional basketball player Shaquille O'Neal. 96. Uh, as a genie, I was in elementary school in '96. I was nine. <laughs> I'm so fucking I was old. Nine. We're old. We're <laughs> quite <Super> old. <laughs> and you know what? I'm fine with it. Like I really, it's, yeah, no, it's fine. I've really made peace with it, and I'm okay with it. Uh, I'm gonna There's... be 82, playing Game Boy emulations and listening to Lincoln Park in my my old person's home, and I'm okay with that. There is a weird serenity. Yeah. When people start talking about like celebrity drama and gossip uh-huh. and you finally have that moment where like, I don't know who any of those people are. Dear God. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, no. Like there's so much stuff coming out of like blank person. They did this. So I'm like, I don't know who that is. Thank God. I don't know who that is. <laughs> cool. Like I'm going to go, I'm going to sit on my couch and I'm going to rewatch X files and I'm okay. It's okay. <laughs> and, and, and I know it's a very old person thing to say, but 
oh boy, just disconnecting feels wonderful. I really need to get on that X-Files list. Of just just the list of, uh, here's all the Monster of the Week episodes. Hey, you know <laughs> so what? You, so you can just I can, jump I can appreciate both types, but yeah, yeah, I wish there was just, here's one track and here's the other track, and you can just watch them in order. Yeah, because it it the, the it's very jarring when it um kind of switches between the two, and some of them are two parters for the alien one. You're uh-huh. like, I don't know where this is going. Are we getting back to the thing? Uh, shout out, <laughs> shameless plug, but um, I, I I I'm gonna get back into streaming on Twitch again, and right now I'm playing the Area Fifty One shooter, not the arcade light gun game. I wish I could get that. Maybe I can, but it was a game made in two thousand five. That is that is slightly reminiscent of that game with David Duchovny voicing the protag oh, yeah. about Area 51. And I will be streaming, I mean, as of this recording the next day. But um, like, you know, yeah. So if you want to see me play ridiculous fucking video games with aliens, because I'm a sci-fi nerd, um, you know, I, I do that. But point is, Kazam. I don't remember the point. Where the fuck are we right now? <laughs> <laughs> shit <laughs> okay so we don't have na- a babysitter this is how this is gonna go <laughs> it's 1996 it's 1996 a building is being demolished <laughs> there's a sign outside the building that says lamps lamps and the picture the picture under that is very clearly the lamp from aladdin <laughs> and granted that like silhouette has existed before disney's aladdin but if you exist post Disney's Aladdin, that's all you're gonna see. Right. Yeah. Um there there is a, a lamp inside this shop. Uh that as <laughs> as the shop is being knocked down, um is I think supposed to be making noises like its sleep is being disturbed. But yes. Shaq Shaq isn't a very good like voice actor. <laughs> no. Great, great great voice work, Shaq. Doing, doing good. Okay, Shaq, I want you to give me a sound like you're you're just waking up. Is that is that how you wake up? Yeah, every day. I don't, I don't feel good when I wake up. You know what? I do appreciate that this movie's like, oh look, a dangerous, dilapidated building. Let's just tear it down and yeah. not put anyone inside. If this were any other movie on this show, people would be moving in. <laughs> wow! 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 So it's just like yelling. <laughs> well, he it does start out with like cartoonish snoring. Yeah. But then as the building is more and more disturbed, it just turns into like Conan era Arnold going. Arr! It's very strange. And then the lamp falls over and uh, breaks on top of a boombox. And that's a ridiculous sentence. But I would not have written it any other way for this movie. Yeah, no, it's, um... Fuck it, boombox. 90s is fuck. Um, yeah. 90s is fuck is a lot of this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, there are movies that are timeless, and there are movies that are violently of their time. <laughs> <laughs> and you see, and once you see Travis's shirt in one scene, you're like, oh, this is 1996. Oh, that shirt. <laughs> I was going to say, Alice, you look really cute right now in this outfit. I was more talking about that 90s as fuck number on the right. <laughs> oh, no, it is. Oh, oh wait, that, yeah, yeah no. Sorry, yeah. I was distracted by boobs. 
<laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. I get it, but. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, oh my god, I, that is a perfect, perfect encapsulation for this movie. <laughs> Violently of its time. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So our main character is Max. Um. Max. So Max Connor. Okay. I just realized something that, like, it took me this viewing of the film to realize. Uh-huh. It, this movie makes a whole big thing out of Max being, like, an inventor. Oh, yeah. And, like, creating stuff out of trash. And but that nothing... does, not, does not pay off even no. a little bit. <laughs> no. Um, I appreciate the DIY of making your bed into a car. Is Taxi the one to do? He's upcycling, I guess. Uh, sure. He's turning trash into trash in his room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure people wake up and are like, I want to be a taxi driver, but I don't think it's kids. I think kids are like, I want a Ferrari. And other 90s films have. Like, hey, he like, and he's like, he's a truant. He doesn't go to school, but clearly he has like some scientific aptitude. And at no point does that pay off. Like, not even a little wow. bit. No, he just collects garbage. Yeah, his room's just full of garbage. Uh, he, like, has a light on his ceiling that he put up a bunch of black paper and poked holes through it so it looks like the constellations. And, and it looks uh, like shit. It looks, it yeah. It doesn't like, look good. Most of what's in his room is supposed to be like, oh, I'm a quirky little inventor boy. Like, his room looks like it's full of garbage. Yeah, yeah. And we made that joke repeatedly. You put a bunch of shit on your roof. <laughs> you put up a top and you punched holes in it. The fuck? You know, this could start a fucking house fire. I know. I'm, a, I'm part of the fire department. <laughs> I'm becoming more John Travolta the more this impression goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Because <laughs> um, there's ways to do like, and he's making his bed into the race car bed, like the prototypical 90s race car bed, but it's a fucking taxi. Yeah, it's a New York taxi. <laughs> and there is nothing glamorous or radical or cool about being a taxi driver. I'm sorry. I am sorry to all the taxi drivers out there. You've been replaced. Even back then, it wasn't cool. Nothing against you. No kid is like, boy, do I want to be a taxi driver. Kids are like, I want to be Formula One. I want to drive a Maserati. Like, the taxi yeah. thing is just strange. That's a strange choice. He's like, boy, I want to be a taxi driver. And we're sitting here like, hey, bad news from the future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, so, our main character, Max, is, uh, 12? Sure. Whatever. Um, so, he goes to school, and he Well, has... he kind of goes to school. He, he's, he's, he, he's a truant, so he's, like, walking just up and down the halls and doesn't even go into class. Right. Which, um... you know what? Okay, that raises an interesting question. He clearly has no problem just skipping school. Why is he walking down there in the first place? Right. Yeah, no, it's weird. I don't know. It's 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 a it's a thrill thing, maybe then. I guess, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, no, fair enough. He gets assaulted by the world's most organized group of bullies. Like um 
goddamn, like gives Ocean's Eleven a run for their money because <laughs> they're fucking twelve. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a gang of bullies in this movie who like in any other in any other movie like the bullies get outsmarted or whatever yeah. and these bullies like over the course of their this movie like develop a legitimate like plan to they, extort money from criminals they upgrade they get smarter they have like resources and strategy and they employ both of them and they follow up on their lead who is max because they know that Max like has information, so they just continually tap him for information and utilize it. They're the fucking Splinter Cell or like Rainbow Six of bullies. It's weird to see because again, this is an era of like bullies are everywhere, and they're just dumb like thugs. Usually, they don't do anything, and they get outsmarted, like Alan said, and they like they're gone like. There may be there like two scenes. These bullies show up for significant screen time. It's really weird. I just also realized they never get comeuppance at the end of this no, film. No, they never get caught. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> they stole a million dollars worth of merchandise and never <laughs> get caught. Holy fuck. And there's a truant officer in the first scene of this movie like that Max evades and he never catches them either. <laughs> what the shit? Okay. Holy fuck. I may have to take back the about the thing about this movie being of its time in one regard. Yeah. Because it avoids several tropes. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, and like we're skipping ahead a bit, but like these bullies, like one of them, like their brother or something is driving a fucking F-150 to catch Max and like hops out of it at one point to like corner him in an alley. Like there's so yeah. much shit going on. Like they corner him in an alley because like the car drives up and they already have him like flanked essentially. Yes. And this is in New York, by the way. Yeah. Oh my god. God damn. <laughs> they never get caught. They never do. There's cops they, like okay, we'll get to it, but a certain character does get his comeuppance. These kids never do. Ever. Wow. Whoa. Like whoa. The, the most that happens to them is they get like threatened by a seven foot tall genie. But before that, like fucking bodied an adult to steal merchandise. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um. So Max. Uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Max get cor- gets cornered by these bullies at school. He promises them he has keys to like something. something. Yeah. Uh. So they can perform a heist, and uh. And then he leaves. They realize he's lying. Um. And they try to kill him. Is <laughs> the only way I can describe it. Well, they threaten to insert a key somewhere. Yeah, they do threaten to shove a key up his ass. Yeah. Or maybe down his throat, we don't know. But it's a very small key, so the threat's a little underwhelming. But hey, whatever. So they chase Max around an abandoned building. And then at one point, Max uh, falls through the floor. Three floors. Then falls like three stories into a pile of garbage. 
and should absolutely be dead. Or, or at least, like, paralyzed. Um, if they did this movie on how did this get made, I'm not sure. Yeah. If they did it, they would make the joke at this point that everything everything beyond this point is just like a Jacob's Ladder moment. <laughs> I was thinking of Jacob's Ladder, too, at that point. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, everything, everything left happening in this movie is just Max hallucinating as he's dying. That... That would make this movie make so much sense. It's not even funny. Um, Holy shit. But while he, uh, after he falls through three floors and should be dead, uh, he hides under some garbage but accidentally kicks a boombox. And the boombox turns on and makes Middle Eastern music. Mm. Um, and then the bullies catch him. And uh, 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 (laughs) seven-foot-tall Shaquille O'Neal bursts out of the boombox, speaking in rhyme, which he does, don't worry, for the whole movie. (laughs) For almost the entire, almost all of his speaking dialogue is in rhyme and weird couplets. Almost all of Shaq's speaking dialogue in this movie is one of, is three things. A, in rhyme. B, shouted. (laughs) <laughs> and C ADR. <laughs> oh, oh, oh boy, oh boy, is it? And it is uh, simultaneously the best and worst parts of this movie. It's great and terrible. <laughs> it's bad. Um. <laughs> oh, so, by the way, like in between our break, because like we 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 watch the movie, we record our commentary, we take a short like you know pee break, and also like make our new drinks before we do our uh, our discussion. And so uh, I paused and Paprika was like, what'd you do? I was like, oh, uh, Alan surprised me with Kazam. She's like, I fucking love that movie. The raps are terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That yeah. describes this movie. Do it to you. <laughs> Those not aware, 1996 is the time. Uh, Shaq, Shaq was a very popular player. Uh, he's a very charismatic dude. Um, and I think him being charismatic carries a lot of this film, actually. Oh, absolutely. But, but <laughs> he was also, at the time, trying to be a rapper. And as someone who owns the Shaq Diesel album, let me tell you something. It was not going well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to, like... I'm, looking, I'm Googling right now. Video games in 1996. Quake. Mario Kart 64. Duke Nukem 3D, Crash Bandicoot, Resident Fucking Evil, Tomb Raider, Pokemon, first generation, Twisted Metal 2. Like, this is the mindset of 90s kids in 96. Like, we're firmly into 90s kids stuff. And then then Kazam comes out. Yes. Uh, Also... Years before this, uh, Shaq Fu the video game came out. That's true, uh, and I think Shaq Diesel the album actually came out around the same time. When was the first Starcraft? When did that come out? Ninety eight. Okay, so like two okay, years. Okay, we after. are we are pre Starcraft. We are pre Starcraft, and that is that is a cultural touchstone. I don't care who you are. Anyway, anyway, uh, uh, <laughs> a seven seven foot tall Shaquille O'Neal dressed in Middle Eastern garb appears out of a boombox. 
Yes. And scares, scares all the bullies away. Well, not before one of the bullies is like, oh, someone who's affronting me, I'm going to grab a baseball bat and hit this man because this is fucking New York. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't mentioned... Uh, well, well, I think we'll get into it a little more here soon. But uh, everyone's in this movie has put on their most New York possible accent. Is it uh, like, is it, is it bad that I'm looking at this gang of bullies and I'm like, where's their movie? I want all of their deep lore. Yes. Because the one with the platinum hair looks almost kind of like non-binary, like, like fucking like non-binary, um, uh, fucking, uh, God, M&M's alter ego, Slim Shady. Like, there's so much going on with that group. I'm like, where's this movie? Also, what of this one group of is fucking Ef- cool. One of them is Efren Ramirez. Yes, one of them is is fucking Pedro. <laughs> and we had to we had to revoke our vote from Pedro because he's a bully. The kid from Napoleon Dynamite. I, uh, maybe. It totally is. Huh? That's that's Pedro. <laughs> Damn, Pedro. I trusted you. Thought you were better than this. Now I can't vote for you. Because yeah. I know your sordid history. You lost, you lost my vote, Pedro. <laughs> I rewatched Napoleon Dynamite pretty recently. Dude, me too. And like, it's still fine, but my reaction while watching it was just like, man, everyone loved this movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I watched it when I was like 14 or something, whenever it came out. So, so many jokes went over my head. And I appreciated it a lot more this time around. And and, and I get it. Like, I was bullied as a kid, so eventually I bullied other kids because the cycle repeats. Because you're a fucking elementary school kid and you don't know what the fuck you're doing and it's fucked up. But, like, that's a thing. Like, this movie needs to exist. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. uh, The genie pops out. Can't, can't show his powers are real because he hasn't been awake long enough, I think is how it was explained. It's very weird. Like, it, it's very deus ex. Like, you can't show your powers because reason. And you could say you're not awake long enough. You could say you're not in tune with your master. And I hate saying that word. Um, long enough. Oh, yeah. And no, that they, gets real weird later. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, that's fine. It's not explained, and you're kind of meant to just, like, write it off as, okay, whatever. Like, he's not at so, full power yet. So Kazam appears and is like, hey, I'm your genie. And then Max is like, prove it. And Kazam is like, I can't. And then he disappears. Yeah. So that's... Max then tries to walk home, only to discover that the bullies are only, like, five feet away. <laughs> the, the bullies who have the forethought of, like, let's stake out the place. He can't go far. They're thinking about it. They know what they're doing. And they catch his ass. The bullies beat the shit out of him. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then he goes home, and I think this is where we meet Travis. Hi, it's the 90s, so I'm the supportive boyfriend of the single mom who's not accepted by the young boy. Hey, I'm a supportive father figure over here. He's a fucking VHS. (laughs) Not trying to take the place of your father. I just love your mother, and I want to marry her, and also I want to wear all of his clothes. (laughs) (laughs) Thinking of changing my name. Max is dead. <laughs> Max's dad Johnson. <laughs> Got a nice ring to it. 
Okay, we're getting into this part of the plot. Yes. Uh, so I, I talked about this while we were watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as the 90s were happening, divorce was becoming like... Um, socially acceptable. More socially acceptable, a thing more people were talking about. And mm-hmm. I think in 90s films, uh, they tried to insert plots about divorce more often as like a way to let kids know that's what 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 was happening was okay. Yeah. And even even that not feeling okay about it was okay. Yeah. I think I think I think maybe it was put in movies more as a way to normalize it for kids. Could be. Yeah. It's actually a pretty socially conscious thing to do if you think about it. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, no one gave me a fucking genie when it happened, but all right. <laughs> But as a result, there was a few, uh, like right off the top of my head, I think Angels in the Outfield had a plot like this, too. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm having a moment. You mentioned Angels in the Outfield. If anyone needs a recap of what happened in Angels in the Outfield, a movie I have not seen in probably 12 years or so. Alan, um, you just stabbed at my heart. <laughs> That's like um, mentioning the sandlot around me. God damn it. <laughs> uh, there is a child of divorce Ooh. Who, is, who, who asked his father, uh, who asked his deadbeat father when he and mom are going to get back together. And his father says, when the angels win the pennant. So oh. he makes a wish and actual angels start interfering in, in uh, Major League Baseball games. Um, so another, another, again, another very, very 90s film dealing with divorce. And I always felt the protagonist of that film was too smart to believe that his father meant that, like, if the angels went the pennant, he'd marry his mom again. I know we have to, like, talk about a movie right now, but... You brought up angels in the outfield. I know, I'm sorry. (laughs) You completely disarmed Abysme. (laughs) <laughs> not a lot does probably that fox and the hound <laughs> other movies <laughs> shit okay <laughs> so we meet we meet travis and we also meet max's super hot mom <laughs> who i'm sorry and i know i say in the episode i don't go for blondes mostly but f- f- fuck yeah very cute nah she's yeah uh, yep. Uh, and Travis is, uh, very, very, very from New York Italian, uh, firefighter. Um. Again, if this had happened post 9-11, this would be a very different movie. 100%. Um. Oof. Max doesn't like all the time she's spending with Travis. And, uh, finally his mom is like, well, uh, me and Travis are considering getting engaged. We have, by the way, no context for how long they've been seeing each other. Yeah, once and we this get comes it, up later. Once we get additional context, Max seems hella unreasonable. <laughs> yeah, we find out later. But imagine we didn't. Like his dad left the scene when he was two. <laughs> two years old. Two. Two of them. Two years. Um, and he finds out 
his dad's name, I think. Well, Uh, yeah, he finds it out because of the divorce papers. He finds apparently like decade-old divorce papers sitting out. (laughs) Which... Oh, I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get into this later. We'll get into this later. But yeah, this is a problem. But anyway, like his mom, his hot mom says, I want to, st- I want to get engaged to Travis. And he's like, I-, I hate him. He's not my real dad. And as the audience, we know nothing else at this point. So, yeah. okay. You know, 90s trope, uh, mom's remarrying. You're not my real dad, blah, blah, blah. And so he goes and he looks at this shitty ceiling with his crappy black paper. And uh, what happens after that? Uh, what happens after that is uh, using his apparently masterful detective skills, uh, having his father's real father's name, he immediately tracks him down. A block away or something. Like, yeah, a block away. You have to get into his dad a oh little God. bit. Oh um, God, yeah. His name is Nick Mateo. Mm-hmm. And Nick Mateo, I think... Okay. All right. He owns... Nick Mateo owns a music venue... Yes. ...where shady people are recording artists performing at the venue without their knowledge and selling bootleg recordings of the performance. And... And it's not established if this is a frequent thing, but it is for the one that happens during this movie. And do you want to describe or reveal whom the recording artist is for this particular scene? Sure. It is the brat. Everyone Um, remember the brat? I bet you don't. I don't because I misremembered it as being Salt and Peppa, and I've seen this movie like three times. <laughs> yeah. Um. Brat, so, by the way, is D level TLC. Yeah. Um. Brat. Sorry. Uh, yeah. <sighs> Sorry. It is. It is mentioned several times. This record. This bootleg recording of a Debrat performance is worth a million dollars. And both of us thought, no. No. No one's nope. paying for that. Nah. Nah. Hey, do you want to go buy the new the new Debrat album? Uh, no. I'm on that I'm on that side Debrat stuff. <laughs> I have a cassette recording of a show she did. <laughs> Where an insane man showed up and talked about great <laughs> this is crowd. this is a weird concert. Is this a song or is this just like have a beat in the background is and everyone, talk? Is everyone just vibing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not against it. It's just kind of new and I like it. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> 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 on fire. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
These are like these. <laughs> this is fucking like Will Smith levels of family friendly rap, but it works. <laughs> Let's green egg and have it. Goddamn. Why are you sweating so much, Kazam? You said nine words. It's really hot in here, man. <laughs> Look. <laughs> so let me get this straight. These bullies came upon a hit, or I guess a lick, to steal a master of a pirated concert to ransom. Yeah. That is both both the lowest stake conflict and also, like, the most unique I've ever heard. And also, these bullies are maybe, like, the best criminals I've seen in, in, in any film. Yeah. A million dollars? <laughs> Were you filming TLC? Who was this? It was De, uh, uh, DeBrat. It wasn't even that good of a show. DeBrat was, like, the, like, shitty TLC. Like, D-level, yeah. No, I'm no disrespect to DeBrat, but sorry. Get on my level. I'm on the underground shit, man. I got the B-sides. Fucking square up. <laughs> oh, yeah, so... I don't even know where we are in the story at this point, but... No, we're skipping ahead. Yeah, we're skipping ahead. Uh, You're very much skipping ahead. Uh, Max goes to go see his dad, and his dad is like, Who the hell are you? Who the fuck are you? Because you haven't seen him since you were two. Also, Kazam is following him around at this point. All, all the time, just popping in and out. Okay, which yeah. fine, Jimmy. You know, okay, I get it. Uh, uh, hold on, catching up mentally. Um, yeah. Back. Okay, before... Double margarita. Before we restart. Okay. I have to send you a, a, an image I just found. I just read the tagline at the bottom. <laughs> the face makes it so much this whole fucking image is great I like marmite on my toast I guess you could say I'm pretty weird <laughs> it just has a bunch of money over a book with a flaming skull next to it I don't know what I'm doing here it's kind of weird <laughs> it burned the money in the skull <laughs> <laughs> This is okay. what happens when we don't have a babysitter. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Got it. I, okay. That is when we go back to the warehouse. Uh, yeah. Where Max is the uh, rat king. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Max is kind of like, my dad doesn't know who I am. I'm depressed, which fair enough. So he goes back to this random warehouse in New York and is like, I built all this random stuff from garbage. So I'm going to sit on my, my garbage throne and flick the switch that turns all the lights on to illuminate my garbage throne. Kazam shows up, and somehow they end up in a bike race against each other. And hey, Kazam's magic starts working again, and the bike starts flying around the room. Uh, yeah. With peak 90s special effects. Oh, yeah. Um, They're delicious. Max now believes that he's actually magical and makes his first wish. Um, also, it's important that Kazam explains that he only does material wishes. Yes. <clears throat> he can't, like, uh, change, like, the emotions of people or, like, alter reality in a sense, I guess. He can't do ethereal wishes. He can't wish for love or to force love 
or to bring people back from the dead. Kind of like that one Disney movie. Uh, yeah, but he seems even more limited than, than the Disney one. Even way more, yeah. It's just like, get, you want shit? I'll give you shit. Just, like, just fucking just call it out. Um, so Max finally makes his first wish, which is that junk food rains from the sky in a scene that is fucking gross. It's gross, but it's also rather clever. We get a few like really gross close-up shots of like burritos and hamburgers splatting yeah. against the floor of this dirty warehouse. And then eventually it turns into a torrential downpour of like fries and then candy bars, gumdrops, Skittles. Um it most doesn't important, most importantly, Mr. Big Candy Bars, sponsored yeah. by Mr. Shaquille O'Neal himself. <laughs> Uh, it doesn't live up to the actual terms of the wish, which is from the floor to the sky. Uh, it would have filled up the entire thing, but hey, whatever. It's at least a pretty cool visual. Mm-hmm. It makes um, sense, and it takes its time, which I appreciate. It it's like the it, it's like the '90s, not quite as good version of the Willy Wonka, yeah, uh, uh, candy room scene, yeah. Um, if it also took place in a dirty warehouse, it's man, the, the, the New York grime is just yeah, present it, in this it is, film. Um, it, it, it actually, it, that actually kind of works. Yeah, it does. Max goes to see his dad again and says his last name. And at this point, his dad is like, Hey, this is my kid. Hey, Hey, Hey. Um, and uh, order some pizza and the pizza man's kazam um, oh wait nope sorry we have to go back it's important Yeah. the candy scene uh, is also the scene oh god damn it Yeah. Okay. where uh, kazam says like Max is like how long do I have to make the wishes kazam is like I'd prefer if you made them fast so I could just go. <laughs> yeah. And Max is like, but I don't have to. And while sitting on a throne above uh, Kazam, mm-hmm. he says, so I own you then. I'm your master. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's. I'm going to play it. that reaction right now. Mm. Oh. Mm. Mm-hmm. Nope. No, no one thought no. about that one. Maybe give it like a little more thought. Maybe don't have him sitting on a throne above him. <laughs> being very smug about that statement. It's awkward. It's bad. It's 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 rather tone deaf. And we're not gonna make excuses for it. It's just in the movie. Hey, there you go. Yeah, you gotta be prepared when going back to old movies. Like, man, not even stuff. If you're We're talking some- like thirty years, we're talking within our lifetime at this point. It's kind of weird to say. Hey, if you want to see some real transphobic jokes, go back to any comedy movie you enjoyed from your childhood. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's rough. It's, like, it's not it's undoable. It, you can still enjoy things, but. Just be prepared. Like just, just know that people back then didn't know the things that we know now, it's, or that we uh, have decided to elevate to importance. Um, like, okay, 
The Mummy with Brendan Fraser might be the best movie of all fucking time. Don't know. So good. So good. Um, has issues. Definitely has issues. Does that make it a bad movie? No. Has issues, though. And I can recognize those. But also, The Mummy with Brendan Fraser. It's fucking amazing. Not making excuses for that. Fucking nineties era Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weiss just being hottest like, hottest shit. A, a movie that is like horror, action, drama, romance, comedy. It might be everything. It's horror. It's action. It's, it's romance. Everything. It's comedy. It's a bisexual awakening. It's <laughs> everything. That movie is seriously everything. And nothing has topped it since. And and I, I can like play around and be like, you know, yeah, Mad Max Fury Road. It's a fucking amazing movie. And it is. Does it top The Mummy with Brendan Fraser? I don't think so. I don't think it does. Is that fair? No, but it's the truth. It's, 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 it's sorry. This is the world we live in. I'm sorry. I grew up with like the best movie of all time. I'm sorry. <laughs> Drop a like if you drop a like if you fucking love the mummy starring Brendan Fraser. And if you don't, unsubscribe. <laughs> unsubscribe. Please. Don't do that. Never come back. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> don't puss out on me now. <laughs> I I watched I watched the um what is that fucking YouTube channel? Or like the interview actors who like revisit their most iconic roles or some shit. Like uh, the, the title of the move uh, the video is like uh Brendan Fraser discusses his most iconic roles or some crap like that. I forget what it is. Yeah, no, but you've seen it. And yeah. he was talking about the mummy, and someone said, like, would you ever redo the mummy? Like even like like now? He's like Fuck yeah, I would. I would do a yeah. Mummy 4. Absolutely, I would. I'm like, oh my god. I love you, Brendan Fraser. You get it. Everyone go watch uh, Doom Patrol. Mm. Doom I, I, need, I need to finish. I have Max again, so I can finish Season 1 and continue on, because it was really good. Yeah, it's I actually really liked it. One of, like, Doom Patrol as a comic was, like, really weird and gonzo, and I'm glad... <laughs> They were faithful to it. Yeah. Seriously. Anyway, Kazam. The fuck uh, are you talking about? Kazam? <laughs> <laughs> um okay, so Max's real dad uh is like, hey, here's my son, it's my son. Hey, we're about to have a concert here. Come back when we have the concert. Alright, can we can we pause? Can we pause yeah. and actually analyze this? So Max's dad is a he runs or like manages, I guess, a nightclub and has a very stressful, high functioning job of like you have to manage talent, you have to manage crew, a lot of stuff. And a lot of all of it is 18 and up, like you cannot get into that fucker without being like the age of majority. And then a random kid shows up. He's like, who the fuck are you? Oh, I'm your son. Hey, let's stop the entire party. And let's like shoo away champagne. Because my son is here. Let's order some pizza, which of course, Kazam delivers really quickly. And that has no payoff for him. That is not a moment of, hey, everyone, look how cool I am. 
hey, this somehow increases my authority or my cool factor or whatever. That is literally just, my son is here, everyone shut up and pay attention. It has no bearing on anything, unless I'm missing something. Yeah, no, uh, that's pretty much it. And I don't know if he's the owner of the nightclub. He's not the owner. No, no, uh, Malik is the owner. Or if he's just running the recording scheme, or if, like... He's the manager. Malik is running running the recording scheme. No, no, no. I, I'm pretty sure that he's the manager. Malik is the owner. Because, like, the, the, the name of the nightclub, I don't know because it's in Arabic script. I have no idea what it's called. But, like, that's the nightclub. He's just there to run shit. Malik is the owner, as far as I can tell. Right. Um, man. Uh, yeah. I haven't even talked about Malik yet. Well, Malik comes in a bit. Yeah, so there's... He invites Max to a show at the venue, which is Debrat. Sure. And Debrat aren't, isn't really doing a song. <laughs> they seem to just kind of be freestyling. That, and Debrat then invites Kazam on stage. Because Shazam looks cool. And Kazam does the worst freestyle of all time. <laughs> oh, well, not the worst. The worst will come later. Well, oh, actually, right. shit, is yeah. it the worst? I don't even know at this point. All of it's bad. All I know is that Kazam is going to make the ladies breakfast in the morning. And he's going to green egg and ham it. <laughs> and by the way, like, Debrat's one person. And then yes. the other three backup singers are the Kazettes. Kazam. Kazettes. You put that together in your mind, please. Um, and yeah, they're not singing. They're just talking to the audience with what they're observing at the time. And then yes. they observe Kazam. And that prompts someone to give Kazam a microphone to then do a tit for tat with them. And this is the show. There is no song list. There is no plan. It is just people are on stage and words will be exchanged. That is not a bad thing. That's just a very weird thing. Because, by the way, this is all taped and then sold off for the value of a million dollars. For Debrat. I'm trying to think of a comparison. Like, the live rap act I'd most like to see more than, like, any other act that I haven't had a chance to see live is probably, like, Run the Jewels. Yeah. If I was told Run the Jewels was going to be in town, or the, like, but, and they're like, ah, yeah, Run the Jewels concert, and someone was like, it's not exactly going to be a concert. If you gave (laughs) me, like, a B-side of Thundercat and Flying Lotus just, like, shooting the shit... Yeah, I'd pay for that. Run the Jewels like, are just going to be on the stage kind of like vibing. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what this was. I think you mentioned that. This is just people like just vibing. This isn't a concert. This is just, hey, we showed up and we're mic'd up. That's it. Like, this isn't a concert. Nothing was, nothing happened. So Kazam does a freestyle and everyone's impressed, uh, mostly because he holds up his boombox and shoots sparks out of it. And one yeah. of the sparks is a magic jewel or whatever. 
that lands on the table of Malik, who is from the Middle East, and that's his whole character. Oh, boy. And, oh and, and, boy. and being from the Middle East, he knows everything about genies. If you ever wanted to see a Middle Eastern stereotype, it's in Malik. Yeah. Yep, 100%. Oh, boy. So, while Max is going to see his dad, he finds his dad, Nick, uh, beating the shit out of a guy. <laughs> a recording engineer. A recording engineer who's supposed to be recording the bootleg of this show, as we previously established, is the weird This isn't a show, this is a film. fucking train wreck. Yeah. I don't even know how the, to the, ju- the jewel from Kazam's boombox yeah. lands on Malik's table, mm-hmm. and Malik is immediately like, this guy's probably a fucking genie. <laughs> he can't actually grab the jewel because it disappears from reality at one point. Uh, and uh, he tells that to the woman he's with, who is woman. Some honky who is just they're both mystified by the jewel, and uh, it, it never comes back. So whatever, the jewel anyway, disappears. It is fucking weird. I don't know why the jewel's there. Yada yada yada. Malik. Then after Kazam has his performance, like it's his "A Star Is Born" moment. Yeah. And Malik invites him out for the night where they eat goat eyes. They get into um, a limo, and uh, Malik. Presents the goat eyes, and Shazam's like, "Oh, this is the, uh, the 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 cuisine of of sultans. This is like super rare." And I remember saying, "Like goat eyes, that would be, yes, that would be a delicacy." Now, back in the day, fucking everyone had goats. This would yeah, not that be would a been, delicacy. That would have been yeah, like the, the same way that like lobster and uh, fucking um, not calamari, um, fish eggs. Yeah, caviar. Caviar, thank you. Yeah, got caviar is a thing. Like, no, it's just like that's everywhere. Like, it doesn't fucking matter. But okay, so like he's 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 being treated to the high life. Malik knows something, or just knows about him, and there's like a connection there. Um, and so Shazam goes off. Fuck me, Kazam. God damn it. <laughs> We're never gonna escape that. But anyway. Um, Kazam goes off with him, and then what is what is Max doing at his point? Um, Max saw his dad beat the shit out of a guy. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, no. Uh, oh Max's wait, dad... no, wait. The 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 bullies. Oh shit! The bullies come back. You're right, because like, uh, so like, so Max's dad's like, don't look at what's happening. There's no you or I. Fuck, get out of my life. Get out of my life. And Max is like, oh, I can't have a relationship with my dad, and my mom is marrying my new dad. Travis, my dad Johnson, and it is like uh, runs out, and then the bullies from his school are there. They've been tracking their lead expertly, like fucking predators, and are like, "Hey, what are you into? You you know something?" And Max is like, "Yeah, I was up in the VIP, and I know everything about this club, and I, I I've got a lead on like a fucking million dollar pirated thing." And they're like, "Okay." We're going to, uh, us 12 year olds are going to break in to this goddamn nightclub and steal this shit. So, yeah. And then that's exactly how that shit goes down. Yep. <laughs> These 12 year olds steal the fucking million dollar master DeBrat tape. 
<laughs> which is um, a, which is a fucking uh, you can't say that. <laughs> it's not a thing. In the process, kicking a bunch of uh, of full grown adults' asses. Yep. And make off with the tape, and like that's just a successful heist. Yeah. And no. Do that. No lives lost. So, they're all they're all good. So Max wakes up the next morning, and Kazam is in bed with him. <laughs> yeah. Um. I think we even skipped on their reaction to when he's a constellation. Oh yeah, no, that does happen at one point, and that is a cool like CG scene where he's like in the constellations that his weird ceiling looks like with the the black paper and the point, the little points. It's cool. No, it's good. I like it. Um. So we also get to a point where uh, Sam is showering in his room. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, like, he is covered, but he's talking to a 12-year-old, and he's showering, and exposition's happening, and I can't follow any of it, because Shaq is showering a, in front of a 12-year-old. There's a seven-foot-tall nude man. Yeah. It's weird. It's, like, supposed to be all cartoony. It's just strange. It's off-putting. So, Max goes to breakfast... Um, and his mom is like, you're grounded, mister, and, uh... His mom uh, is wearing a really, really nice, uh, robe. Looks really yeah. nice. Yeah, she is. Uh... <laughs> anyway, yeah. um, uh, and then Shaq shows up in a suit, in, in, like, a dress shirt and a bow tie, and says he's Max's tutor. Yep. Um, there's an overly long scene of eating French toast with special effects, and uh, Jack clearly wants to fuck his mom. Anyway. Yep, yeah, don't we all? But anyway, uh, moving on from that, because that scene means nothing. It just ends. Oh, yeah, he doesn't go to school. He decides to skip. He decides to skip school. Um, which leads into uh, Kazam explaining his origins to Max in the form of a rap song. Ooh, boy. That Max joins in on, oh, which, boy. if I had to measure things, <laughs> is the worst rap I've ever heard in my entire life. It, it's, if not the worst, it's definitely up there. The only, the, the important exposition we get in this scene is that Kazam wishes he could become a djinn and not a genie, so that he could be free. I, I need, I need to look up, because there was... There was struggling to describe this because there was a line in there that we just couldn't fucking handle. Oh, here we go. Kazam, you gotta listen to my rap from bell to bell. Those babies had rabies and we was in Hades. Because uh. we moved with the harem of the prince Akba de Karam. I, okay. That's a... That's a rap in this movie. It's long been established that I have an obsession with Shaquille O'Neal. Yes. Everyone here needs maybe needs to appreciate more that it is really, really hard to defend a lot of things. His rap career, mostly. Um, I don't know if anyone's seen like the DJ stuff he, he does lately, but it's fucking tight. Yeah. Um, but like his whole rap career is uh yep 
bad. Yep. It's bad. bad. It's real bad. It's bad. And anyway, <laughs> it's the worst. Uh, this scene is the worst. It's bad, and I hate it. And I didn't. I hate it, and it's bad. And I have fond memories of this movie, but that scene, um, it, it's. It, I know this is a word that gets thrown a lot around a lot. It's cringe. Yeah, and like it's one of those things. Like I didn't remember because I saw this when I was fucking nine, and then like reliving it now, I'm like, oh good lord, who thought this was okay? Was it Mister O'Neill? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so Max's bullies tell him to arrange a meeting with his dad to sell yes. the tape back. Yes. Max instead wishes for a replacement tape when he sees Malik uh, attacking his dad. Yes. Because Malik so, is like, where's the tape? So he wishes for a whole new tape, and Kazam is like, hey, what is this about? Why are you wishing for this? And like, he gets to the bottom of the fact that, oh, he helped, ha- he helped the tape get stolen in the first place. Yada, yada, yada. So Kazam, there's some friction between Kazam and Max, especially because Kazam has this all this popularity now. He's becoming a popular rapper thanks to the influence of Malik, the nightclub owner slash genie historian. Slash <laughs> 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 well, he's Native, Amer- Native American. Fuck, God, fuck Native God, American. God damn it. Fucking hell. <laughs> I'm drunk. I'm mixing up my oppression right here. God damn it. Uh. <laughs> Keep going. I'm just going to shut up. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> so, um, when Max brings the tape back, his dad is like, you stole the tape and blah, 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 and gets mad at him. And yeah. Yeah. So, Okay. The climax of the film is Kazam is doing his own concert now. And um, boy, is is that a scene? It makes sense in context if you think Malik is just humoring him because he wants a genie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But it is the most concentrated 90s cringe that I've seen in a while. Kazam is doing a live show in a warehouse with, like, we see a violinist, we see, like, an African percussionist. Yeah. Keyboards, like, there's, Everything. like, there's, like, a 70-person band playing for Kazam. And he's just up there, just, you know. Putting out the most say, disjointed couplets I've ever heard. So, Malik then kidnaps Max. Because he knows, he knows Kazam is a genie. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a scene in, in somewhere in here where Malik hugs Kazam way too much. <laughs> oh yeah, just like nestles at his bosom, essentially. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So finally, Malik, uh, Malik kills Max. <laughs> just throws his ass down multiple flights of stairs. Which, if he had seen the movie prior, would know that that can't kill Max. It should, yeah. but yeah. it don't. I will make out with your father. <laughs> I will marry Travis. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll be your dad. Your nightmare come true. 
<laughs> oh, you thought Travis was bad. Look at me. I eat goat eyes. I will be the new Travis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about changing my name. <laughs> Travis, Travis Max's <laughs> dad Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Kazam feels this during his performance and goes to find Malik. And Malik is like, I have the upper hand on you now, and you're going to be my genie because the boy is dead. Um, but Kazam then wills himself because of Max's death to be a djinn. I uh, turns Malik into a basketball and dunks him into a garbage disposal. Like, and I want to say... If you didn't know, audience, uh, Shaquille O'Neal is a professional basketball player. And I want to say that that scene is very reminiscent of, like, uh, Space Jam and other things from the 90s of, like, turn him into a basketball, turn him into a ball, throw him sorry. I'm sorry I have to be this guy, but there is a scene just like this in Steel, another Shaquille O'Neal movie... Oh, where, right. Where he has to throw a grenade through a small hole, and it's like a free throw, and he makes the joke like, I never make these. <laughs> <sighs> did, I, did I tell you that I rewatched the first Blade the other day? Blade is a fucking amazing movie. There will never be a better line in cinema history. <laughs> and some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. <laughs> Blade, Blade is really cool and that it's not in the mcu is a crime that's all i'm saying <clears throat> he's about to be good yeah, damn time. Um, um so kazam becomes a gen and it this might be the best part of the movie <laughs> oh okay. we, we we okay every, so- every, okay everything after green the line green egg and hammett yeah is a descent into madness. Yes, that is where, and we mentioned this, like that's where the dropping off point starts. At that point, abandon all hope ye who enter here because everything changes. So the comparison you made, and it fits, is the ending of this movie is like Kingdom Hearts. Yes. (laughs) I'm basically God now. My power is unbridled. I can end and create worlds at a whim. I can see before and after time itself. You ever see The Watchmen? It's basically that. <laughs> I'm Dr. Manhattan now. <laughs> well, cooler. Because <laughs> I'm Shaq. Because I'm Shaq. <laughs> I will now absorb you into my consciousness. <laughs> Life is material and pointless. Embrace eternity. <laughs> Embrace shaq Embrace death. Embrace <laughs> eternal life. Embrace the this nothing. is like Kingdom Hearts, but for real. <laughs> so what right. the fuck is happening? <laughs> <laughs> I know we're making jokes, but seriously. Did he just get absorbed into a fiery blaze? Oh, it is just a fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's just asphyxiation on the brain. It's just die of Abandon Jack logic. Becomes, <laughs> Abandon everything. Fuck it. Jack becomes a djinn. 
and like essentially becomes a living god. <laughs> Brings Max back from the dead. Um, and you know what? Key, you know what? Sorry, way. sorry. Pause. We made the, the the mummy reference in the mummy. Imhotep becomes a giant sand wall with a face. What does Kazam become? A he giant sure firewall with a face. He sure does do that. I it's um, mm. he brings Max back from the dead, gives him the keyblade or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and then Max uh, steps away from the wreckage of this burning building. Um, it's where his mom and Travis are, and they're there to comfort him. Um, Travis rescued him. Mm-hmm. Um, he, okay, so here's the thing I didn't realize until I watched this movie. Like, Max's dad was killed. He should have been, yeah. No, like, I didn't realize until watching it this time that Malik had Max's dad killed. Yeah. And that Shazam, that Kazam brought him back. Yeah. Because it was a perfect wish. Because he's a djinn. Yeah. Um, and yes, that was that was his second chance that uh, Max tried to wish for earlier in the movie, and he makes reference to that. Yeah. So Max's dad like walks out of the wreckage, and the cops are immediately immediately like onto him for all the shit he did. The lo- low level, the, the white collar crime of bootlegging a Debrat concert. <laughs> You recorded a Debrat concert. Unless you can pay a $550 fine, you're going to prison. <laughs> it's so ridiculous when you say it out loud, though. <laughs> you t- you bootlegged a Debrat concert? Oh, boy. Some label somewhere is going to be angry about this. So the, so de- he agrees, like, hey, when I, act, when I get out of prison, we'll go fishing or sure, have us a catch or whatever. And yeah. then the police arrest him. Um, and uh, Max has made previous references to the films in the film about how he wants a hot chocolate. Uh-huh. And he mentions it here. And suddenly... No, not fucking joking. On top of a sewer, a mm, sewer lid. Yeah. Uh, a a delightful hot chocolate appears. If you and said, it, "Here's a free hot chocolate that's on top of this manhole cover," I would kick that shit over and walk away. Yeah, but he stops and picks it up, and amazingly, uh, his mom and Travis aren't like, "What are you doing?" That was on the ground. Yeah. But he looks up, and there's Kazam with woman. She, okay, Malik. There was a woman with Malik through all the scenes with Malik. Yeah. Who, like, kind of, we kind of got the vibe that she was like. Assistant. She was, so, she was so nothing of a character. Yeah. Uh, Kazam ends up with her at the end and she jokes that like he's gonna have to get a job even though he's basically a god now yeah his power is completely untethered he can do whatever he wants uh, and then that's the end of the movie the movie fucking ends uh, uh, that's it yeah 
That's it. That's that, all we that's got. It. I think I love it. <laughs> we did have to pause the movie at one point and oh, realize. No. Yes, we have to absolutely have to get into this. <laughs> yep. I wanted to download System of a Down because I was kind of weird about it. Holy sh- Wait, hold on. Wait, hold on. Pause. Time out. <laughs> okay. Did we just connect the title of this movie being Kazaa back to this movie <laughs> entirely about pirating? <laughs> <laughs> Wait! Paused a movie on this show other than to take a pee break. <laughs> did we just game theory Kazaa Kazam? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh. oh. That realization just hit me like lightning. <laughs> oh boy. Like a Jimmy Neutron brain blast. (laughs) (laughs) I I made a joke at the beginning of the movie about how, like, it's a documentary about, like, file sharing. Because, like, if you drop the M, his name is Kazaa. But then, like, a significant portion of this movie's subplot is about music pirating. Like, Like, yeah, we make a joke when... Um, when Max is in the car with his dad, where his dad's like, "Don't, you don't want to be like me, you know? You don't want, you don't want all any of this, you know, to happen to you. Stop associating with me." And we say, you know, like, "I, I, I bootlegged a fucking Debrat concert. Don't be like me." And then you made the connection of, "Wait, is this movie about pirating things?" Yeah, we had to pause. I'm sure that reaction's about to get played. But it will. Holy, holy shit. <laughs> Prophetic. Um, but yeah, so that was Kazam. Um, it's not good. Um, <laughs> it's not good, but holy shit, is it worth a watch? It is absolutely worth watching. Uh, it was directed by uh, Paul Michael Glazer, who was also Starsky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. He only directed one other movie of note. Do you know what that movie is? Are you ready I to don't. hear what that movie is? Play I it think on me. I think it's gonna blow your mind out your asshole once you hear what that <laughs> other movie is. Do it. <laughs> it's the Running Man. Ah! <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Holy shit! Do we have to watch the Running Man later this year? We might have uh, to. Man, I haven't watched The Running Man in a while. I think that'd be Same. a good watch. It hasn't been since college. I, I would need to see it again. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Uh, congratulations, everyone. Uh, this is what happens when two um, people revisit their fucking nostalgia on a movie that cost about $19 million and made not enough in its fucking release <laughs> to justify that. Oh, yeah. 100%. And Running Man would be such a good watch because, like, Jesse Ventura is also... Oh, hell yes. (laughs) No, that would be a fucking amazing. Absolutely. Um, Running Man. Anyway, um, 
we have to make a drink. A, there was no, there was a time, there was a time when Shaq was on everything, yeah, and most of it failed, and I think yeah. that's why I'm so fascinated by him. For sure, because it's not like he ever fell off. Like he's still Shaq. He still is successful. He's not. He's not like fucking bankrupt. He can uh, like, just continue to fail, and it doesn't matter. Like we 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 live in an era when so, if someone has a bad enough flop, they're done. Yeah. But like this is an era where like Shaq, within the span of two years, a released Shaq Diesel, mm. b released Shaq Fu the video game, mm. and c was in this movie. And he's still incredibly successful. He's st- still out there. Everyone knows the name Shaq. Like, yeah. <clears throat> Fucking fascinating. So here's to Shaq. Um, yeah. We have to make a cocktail for this movie. Oh, okay. Well, it has to be 90s as fuck. But it, uh, has to, it, it, it can't be good. <laughs> so when I think of Middle Eastern drinks... Oh, no. I think... I. I think of hibiscus tea. Oh, I was going to say aniseed, but yeah, we can do hibiscus. What can we add to hibiscus tea to make it 90s as fuck? I mean, hot toddy. Some that just sounds hot good. Toddy. Yeah. A hot alcoholic hibiscus tea just sounds good. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, you know what? I'm going to Google 90s drinks. I'm way ahead of you. <laughs> Zima's the first thing that pops up, of course. Bolt. <laughs> Surge. Ecto Cooler. This is all... Jesus Christ, this is all just soft drinks. Crystal Pepsi. Okay. I hope you're ready for the craziest fucking thing I'm ever going to say. Yeah, yeah, now do it. Because if I think of things that are failures from the 90s... <laughs> okay. You're gonna make a hibiscus tea... You're going to make it alcoholic. Uh-huh. But you're also going to get some agar and gel and gum. Mix Ooh. in and make it like orbits. <laughs> oh, boy. You're going to have floating balls of gelatin in your hibiscus tea cocktail. Yep. Yep. Okay. Th- that. And if you could swing it, get some Lucky Charms. Take the marshmallows <laughs> out. Of the Lucky Charms, and that's your garnish. Be served along with green eggs and ham. Yes. That, that is... And a Mr. Big Bar. A what Mr. are we Big calling Bar. this? Um, Embrace Shacternity. <laughs> um, we're going to call it... Um, oh, okay. Um, goat Eye. <laughs> um... <laughs> A float, a floating goat eye spritzer. Oh God! Oh ew! Yeah, okay. Not really okay. a spritzer because it's not carbonated. A floating, a floating goat eye toddy. Yeah, the goat eye toddy. Ooh, oh boy! You're welcome. If you drink that, don't talk to me. I don't want to know who you are. Yeah, that sounds awful. So, what's your spider room moment? It's tough. That's tough. I think it's him. Not not when he's in the constellation cutout thing. It's when he 
CGI emerges from it and like slinks down. Oh yeah, the we absolutely we absolutely did not talk about uh, some of the terrifying things that happen in this movie enough. The, just just the disgusting early CGI of Shaquille O'Neal being rendered fuck, in just fuck. okay weird we didn't, shit. We didn't, we didn't talk about what I think is the scariest thing that happens in this movie. Yeah, that doesn't get explained. Okay, I have my answer. It's the scene where Max is calling for Kazam, and then Max appears in his beverage. Oh my god, what the fuck, yes! He appears <laughs> in his, like, water glass, and then just manifests from and somewhere else. And is wet. Yes, and it's like, like, and shrugs that off of like, hey, I need you to do something for me. What, what the fuck just happened there? I, it's inexplicable. Like, no one thought to explain that. Like, that wouldn't, like, just traumatize people. Fucking oh, yeah. weird. I thought I was going to have a hard time with Spider-Room moment, but nope, that's it right there. There's so many. There's so many. For me, it's Shaquille O'Neal slinking down a wall, having been nothing but constellations. And then, man, it's just, it's weird. It's weird. It's, the whole thing is it's strange. Terrifying. Yeah. It's like, movies these days are struggling to achieve that type of uncanny. They just need to look back a couple decades. Yeah, for, for hints. Sure. Oh boy. Um, So, um, (laughs) that was Kazam. You're welcome, audience. uh, You are very welcome. This was this was my fault. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I I I am happy I made it happen. No apologies. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, if you like what you hear, please subscribe to the Creative Horror Network on uh, YouTube. Uh, you could listen to us on Apple Podcasts. And uh, by now, we probably have a Patreon. Um, mm-hmm. You can subscribe and listen to all sorts of other stuff, including, by this point, probably all of my thoughts on Above the Shadows, um, oh, which was a considerably worse movie than Kazam. <laughs> Good lord, yeah, a lot worse. So, hey, thanks for joining us. Um, Bye. Bye. (laughs) The Jameson Tapes is hosted and created by Alan Chaney and Abysme. If you have a movie suggestion for the podcast, please leave a comment, message us on the Creative Horror Discord, or tweet at Creative Horror with the hashtag Jameson Tapes. Creative Horror is a network of creators working together to build a constructive community of horror fans. Please visit us at creativehorror.com. <laughs>